Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Gangotara Upasika Sutra, the lay woman Gangotara. Sutra number 31 of the Maharatnakuta collection, translated from the Chinese version of Bodhiruchi by the Buddhist Association of the United States, found in a treasury of Mahayana sutras published by the Pennsylvania State University Press. Thus have I heard. One time the Buddha was dwelling in the garden of Anathapindika, in the Jetta Grove near Shravasti. At that time, a lay woman named Gangotara came from her dwelling place in Shravasti to see the Buddha. She prostrated herself with her head at the Buddha's feet, withdrew to one side, and sat down. The world-honored one asked Gangotara, Where do you come from? The lay woman asked the Buddha, World Honored One, if someone were to ask a magically produced being where it came from, how should the question be answered? The World Honored One told her, A magically produced being neither comes nor goes, is neither born nor perishes. How can one speak of a place from which it comes? Then the lay woman asked, is it not true that all things are illusory, like magic? The Buddha said, Yes, indeed. What you say is true. Gangotara asked, If all things are illusory, like magic, why did you ask me where I came from? The world-honored one told her, A magically produced being does not go to the miserable planes of existence, nor to a heavenly realm, nor does it attain nirvana. Gangutara, is that also true of you? The lay woman replied, As I see it, if my own body were different from a magically produced one, then I could speak of going to the good or miserable planes of existence, or of attaining nirvana. I see no difference, though, between my body and a magically produced one, so how can I speak of going to good or miserable planes of existence, or of attaining nirvana? Furthermore, world-honored one, nirvana's very nature is such that it is not reborn in the good or miserable plane of existence, nor does it experience parinirvana. I perceive that the same is true of my own nature. The Buddha asked, Do you not seek the state of nirvana? Gangotara asked in return, If this question were put to one who had never come into being, how should it be answered? The Buddha replied, That which has never come into being is nirvana itself. Gangotara asked, Are not all things identical with nirvana? The Buddha replied, So they are, so they are. World-honored one, if all things are identical with nirvana, why did you ask me? Do you not seek the state of nirvana? 
Furthermore, world-honored one, if a magically produced being asked another magically produced being, do you seek the state of nirvana? What would the answer be? The world-honored one told her, a magically produced being has no mental attachments and thus seeks nothing. Gangotara inquired, does the Tathagata's very question stem from a mental attachment? The world-honored one told her, I raised the question because there are in this assembly good men and good women who can be brought to maturity. I am free of mental attachments. Why? Because the Tathagata knows that even the names of things are inapprehensible, let alone the things themselves or those who seek nirvana. Gangotara said, If so, why all the accumulation of good roots for the attainment of enlightenment? The Buddha replied, Neither bodhisattvas nor their good roots can be apprehended, because in the bodhisattva's mind there is no discriminative thought as to whether they are accumulating good roots or not. Gangotada asked, What do you mean by no discriminative thought? The world-honored one replied, The absence of discriminative thought cannot be understood or grasped by means of thinking. Why? Because in the state of no discriminative thought, even the mind is inapprehensible, let alone mental functions. This state in which the mind is inapprehensible is called inconceivable. It cannot be grasped or realized. It is neither pure nor impure. Why so? Because, as the Tathagata always teaches, all things are as empty and unimpeded as space. Gangotara inquired, If all things are like empty space, why does the world-honored one speak of form, sensation, perception, conditioning, and consciousness, of eighteen elements, of the twelve entrances, of the twelve links of the chain of dependent origination, of the defiled and the undefiled, the pure and the impure, samsara and nirvana. The Buddha told Gangotara, When I speak of a self, for example, although I express the concept by a word, actually the nature of a self is inapprehensible. I speak of form, but in reality the nature of form is also inapprehensible. And so it is with the other dharmas all the way up to nirvana. Just as we cannot find water in a mirage, so we cannot find a nature in form. And so it is with all the other dharmas up to nirvana. Gangutara, only a person who cultivates pure conduct in accordance with the dharma, perceiving that nothing can be apprehended, deserves to be called a real cultivator of pure conduct. Since the arrogance say that they have apprehended something, they cannot be said to be firmly established in genuine pure conduct. Such arrogant people will be terrified and doubtful when they hear this profound Dharma teaching. They will be unable to liberate themselves from birth, old age, sickness, death, 
worry, sorrow, suffering, and distress. Gangutara, after my parinirvana, there will be some people able to spread this profound dharma, which can stop the round of samsadic rebirth. However, some fools, because of their evil views, will hate those dharma masters and will contrive to harm them. Such fools will fall into the hell realms for that. Gangutara asked, You speak of this profound dharma which can stop the round of samsadic rebirth. What do you mean by stop the round of samsadic rebirth? The world-honored one replied, To stop the rounds of samsada is to penetrate reality, the realm of the inconceivable. Such a dharma cannot be damaged or destroyed. Hence, it is called the dharma that can stop the rounds of samsadic rebirth. Then the world-honored one smiled graciously and emitted from his forehead blue, yellow, red, white, and crystalline light. The light illuminated all the numerous lands, reaching as high as the Brahma heavenly world, then returned and entered into the top of the Buddha's head. Seeing this, the venerable Ananda thought to himself, The Tathagata, the Arahat, the supremely enlightened one, does not smile without a reason. Ananda rose from his seat, uncovered his right shoulder, knelt on his right knee, and joined his palms toward the Buddha, saying, Why did the Buddha smile? The Buddha replied, I recall that in the past a thousand Tathagatas also taught this Dharma here, and each of those assemblies was also led by a lay woman named Gangotara. After hearing this Dharma preached, the lay woman and all the assembly left the household life. In time, they entered the nirvana without remainder. Ananda asked the Buddha, What name should be given to this sutra, and how should we accept and uphold it? The Buddha said, This sutra is called Flawless Purity, and you should accept and uphold it by this name. During the preaching of this sutra, seven hundred bhikshus and four hundred bhikshunis were liberated from defilements forever, and their minds were set free. At that time, the gods of the realm of desire magically produced various kinds of wonderful celestial flowers and scattered them upon the Buddha, saying, Rare indeed is this lay woman who can converse so fearlessly with the Tathagata on equal terms. She must have served and made offerings to countless Buddhas and planted various good roots of every kind in their presence. After the Buddha had finished speaking this sutra, the lay woman Gangutara and all the devas, humans, asuras, gandharavas, and so forth were jubilant over the Buddha's teaching. They accepted it with faith and began to follow it with veneration.